Well, I mentioned uh, earlier this morning that the, one of the reasons that Avrami started the uh, program today from our studios in Baltimore, Maryland, and then handed things off to me in the 7 o'clock hour was because uh, I was at the Bialystoker Synagogue. Uh, I was privileged to daven for the Umbud this morning on the 10th yard site of my father, Harav Zev Ben Harav Yosef Halevi Siegel, who many of you remember was, of course, right after a visit to uh, this radio program 10 years ago today. Uh, that my father um, uh, perished in a strange car accident that uh, many of us still can't believe 10 years later. And uh, today we uh, have the privilege of honoring his 10th yard site. And uh, one of the most amazing gestures ever done in memory of my parents, in memory of Rabbi Zev and Rabbi Esther Siegel, was when Rabbi Tzvi Ram, the Murad Asra of the Bialystoker Synagogue here on the Lower East Side, made a decision uh, to increase the... Um, offerings of Torah study at the Bialystoker Shul to literally be every single morning for a period of over two hours. Um, and he decided at that time to to name this concept, this idea, this long session that takes place each day, the Siegel Torah Institute in memory of my parents. And I thought that today was a perfect day uh, to discuss the Siegel Torah Institute and to encourage people out there in our audience, not not just you, who may be in the Manhattan area or might uh, find it convenient to come to Lower Manhattan every single day, but if you know of people who live in this neighborhood, neighboring neighborhoods of the Lower East Side, other areas of Manhattan, even Brooklyn, people within a subway ride away who have time each morning or may, may be retired or may have a stranger schedule than most and they're free in the morning uh, and they want to spend a couple of hours um, with um, a wonderful Magid Shear and great Torah study, this is the opportunity. We call it the Siegel Torah Institute. And we're going to welcome both Rabbi Ram and Rabbi Horowitz, who's responsible for the classes in just a moment. I will tell you that the Shiurim begin every Monday through Thursday at 9.45 in the morning at the Bialystoker Shul here on the Lower East Side. Um, there are um, There's a Gemara Shir that's followed by a Halacha Shir, and on Thursdays that Halacha Shir turns into a weekly Torah portion, Parsha Shavua Shir, all given by Rabbi Dr. David Horowitz, who is Rosh Hashiva and Rosh Chabura, at the Kubietsky Kudshim Kolel of the Rabbi Isaac Elchanan Theological Seminary, Reitz up at Yeshiva University. Rabbi Horowitz and I know each other a very long time, which makes us even more special uh, since he uh, is familiar with my family. And uh, he has the um, the privilege, I think he would call it, we'll ask him in a moment, of delivering the shiurim every single day, Monday through Thursday, at the Bialystoker Shul. Uh, so I welcome both Rabbi Tzvi Ram and Rabbi David Horowitz to JM and the AM. Thank you both very much for being here. Thank you. Good morning, Nachum. It's a pleasure to be here. Rabbi Ram, you remember my father. I mentioned him specifically, even though the Institute is in memory of both my parents, because today is his 10th yard site. And I, I, will tell you, I will tell you 10 years later that we still have a debt of gratitude to you because not many people, if people know how communities and rabbis work, not many people have their funeral in the main shul of a community. It's just, it's usually not done, especially in the main sanctuary of a shul. It's usually not done. Uh, you made the decision at that time that it, there's no choice. It must be there. And I was thinking this morning, literally as I was walking from Shul to this studio, he was a great orator, very much in demand. He traveled the world. He was very comfortable addressing people in every circumstance and environment. Yet, it always seemed to us as his children that he was never more comfortable than in a synagogue. So I think it was only it was really appropriate, and we thank you again all these years later, that that's where his final farewell took place. 
First of all, Nachum, thank you, first of all, for having uh, both myself and Rabbi Horowitz on the air this morning. It's really a tremendous privilege, and it's really a tremendous privilege to be able to be here and to give COVID to your father, who was just a special person for Klal Yisrael, and just on a very personal level, a very special person for me. I mean, even 10 years after his passing, just the memories of your father fill me with such a sense of warmth and a sense of longing, really, you know, of missing him, uh, that it's really something very, very palpable. Uh, you mentioned the Levaya. You know, we have a practice in the shul, as per most of the poskim, to very, very rarely bring an aron into the into the main shul. Uh, the only time, really, according to the letter of the law in Shulchan Aruch, that, uh, that an aron is brought into the shul is for the Rav himself. Mm. And uh, the halacha says that you bring in the aron, l'makom shahayadoresh, to the place, because that's the place where the Rav disseminated Torah, and it's appropriate that his aron should be brought into to that place. In your father's case, not only do we have the, the levaya in the main shul of Bialystoker, but the aron was brought inside, again, right. in a very, very unusual move, uh, because the truth is, in many ways, the Bialystoker, even though he wasn't the official Rav, it was makom shahayadoresh, you probably remember every Shabbos afternoon for years, he would hold court, and uh, he had a whole group of people who would gather around him of all ages to hear his wisdom, to hear his insight, and, and they saw him as, as the Rebbe, really. Uh, and it was just a beautiful thing, and uh, we were very privileged to have that. I know on a personal level, you know, the stories about his involvement with uh, Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rav Aaron Kotler, the Briskarov, you know, these are stories that I know of secondhand. Once in a very long while, he'd let something slip, <laughs> but uh, he was a master of shtika. You know, he was oh, yeah. really a master of silence. And I'm sure there are many things that, that nobody knows, you know, even to this day about all his involvement on, on, on behalf of Klal Yisrael. But, you know, they say that you can judge the greatness of a person not just by the great things that he does, but by the little things that he does. And I know in my particular case, the sense of chesed that I felt from him was just incredible. And I came to the shul 16 years ago. I, I was 29. Uh, I was very wet behind the ears, uh, following, as you know, Harav uh, Singer Zatzal, who was here for 40 years. Uh, it's always a very difficult situation whenever you're coming in after a Rav who's been in a shul for an extended period of time. You know, people have a very hard time adjusting to uh, to a new reality. A and from the get-go, your father was at my side with never unsolicited Eitzos. You know, everybody has an Eitzos that uh, when you're not soliciting Eitzos, everybody has good pieces of advice that they like to share with you. Your father was not like that at all. He was very content he was 85, I think, when I came to the shul. He yeah. was very content to allow me to be the Rav, which, you know, in a certain sense, you know, a, a, an 85-year-old veteran of the of the rabbinate could have dismissed a 29-year-old newbie, you know, with, uh, with the back of his hand. But he was always not only respectful, but when I would seek him out for advice, you know, I would talk to him about what's going on in the shul. How should I handle this? How should I handle that? And his advice was always on the money. It was always delivered from the point of view of a peer. In other words, he never held himself up to me as you must listen to what I'm what what I'm telling you. It was always offered as as a friend, as a colleague. Again, there were decades between us, but that was always the, the his perspective. And he would actually take steps. Again, I don't want to go into 
details here on the ear, but he would actually take steps to try to implement some of the things that he thought would be helpful for me in the Rabbanos. And it was incredible, you know, I mean, it, it, the relationship between the two of us in theory could have been difficult. It could have been a situation where he simply would ignore me or, or the like. And, and instead, he went out of his way to help me, to give me advice, to really just take me by the hand. And I'm really eternally grateful for that. I appreciate that. You know, knowing, um, knowing my father's general um, uh, evaluation of young rabbis, my, my, uh, his grandchildren often find it shocking <laughs> the way he spoke about you. I'll just tell you that. So, <laughs> and take that as a very big compliment. Also, his father, uh, Rav Yosef Segal, um, he was known, uh, in addition to being an incredible Talmud Chacham, his godless, they said, was he was an amazing Baal Mazbir. Uh, in English, I guess we would call it um, elucidator, maybe? Okay. Would that be a good word? Sounds good. Uh, and a unique ability, which, uh, of course, is the greatest part of any great um, um, uh, teacher, that they're able to explain things in as direct and simple a manner as possible. I think my father had a, 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 the same quality when it came to life's issues. He had an unbelievable knack, an ability to get to the core of an issue and think of stuff when a question was brought up that none of us ever thought of. We never right. thought of that angle. We never, right. And it was just, uh, it was unique. And that, that about him is missed a lot. My children right. say it all the time, how they wish now that they're older and in much more sensitive situations than when you were a little kid. They wish he was around for that type of advice because nobody could dissect the situation like he could. You could talk to your father about a complicated situation and he would give you a minute and a half response <laughs> that took care of all the issues and <laughs> solved it. Right. And you walked away and you said, huh, how come I didn't think of that? Right. Wow, that was, that was incredible. Never and, thought and that of was it your, like that. that. That was your father. So, you know, as you mentioned before, the whole genesis of the Siegel Torah Institute, to my mind, is just to give covered to two individuals who, on a very personal level, were very much, you know, are very much missed by me. I think we're very much uh, a, an integral part of our community. They were missed, but you know, they were sought after by so many people in terms of their advice. And you know, for your father, when everything was said and done. You know, with all of the tremendous insight that he had into world events, I think your father's first love really was Torah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I could think of no better way to perpetuate his memory, the memory of your mother, than to have daily Torah learning going, going on in the shul, which was so close to him, which was his home for the past, how many years was he here at the, at the, at the since, end of his life? Uh, since 1991. Right. Um, so yeah, a good, so, uh, 17 years, a good 17 years. Yeah. So the last 17 years of his life was right here, you know, in the shul. And, uh, it seems like an appropriate thing to do. I should mention your mother, by the way, even though it's your father's yard site, but your mother also had such rock strong qualities of emuna, bitachon, and, you know, your father's care for your mother was something extraordinary to see. I mean, that was really, you know, it made an incredible impression upon all of us. And, uh, you know, just your, your mother's support for the family. Again, I, I, you know, I, I wasn't home when, when you were growing up, <laughs> but uh, certainly the sense that I think we all had was, you know, that your father, although he was devoted to the family, had many things in Claudius so that were calling upon his attention and that your mother was really able to, you know, to create the beautiful family that she, that she did create. 
um, you know, it, while enabling your father to be involved in so many aspects of Havadas HaKlal. I'm glad you mentioned my mother, especially because her, ironically, his yard site's in Adar, her birthday, her name was Esther because she was named for Esther oh. Hamalka. She was born on Tanis Esther. I did not know that, actually. Yeah. And, yeah. Or the day before Tanis Esther and then was named the next day, uh, um, the Tana, ironically, the same Hebrew birthday as our triplets, my mother. Um, but but I want to say one thing because it was just her her birthday and we were talking about her on her on her um, uh, monument on her tombstone it says part of one pasuk of Megillah Esther and you have to help me because I'm having trouble now remembering the exact quote. Um, um, uh, Esther Matzachin Right. And I don't think there is any more appropriate pasuk or part of a pasuk for my mother than that, that everybody who came in contact with her just gravitated to her. If I could just add, your mother was an incredibly regal person. Yeah. And the Esther Hamalka right. connection is just very striking. Right. We, someone said to me, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, we're totally getting <laughs> off of the Seacultar Institute, but I must share this with you in this public forum when I have this opportunity, how rarely I, I get a chance to speak about my parents. Um, someone... Someone said to me, you know, the thing about Esther Hamalka was that uh, she was never a princess. She went from homeless girl right. to queen. Right. And my mother, who many people remembered, lost her father before she was married and came here as a refugee with her mother and her sister, or lived here, I should say, afterward with her mother and her sister in this area um, with, with nothing practically. She also went from, you know, being a refugee to being what what we regarded as queen of the New Jersey Jewish community, being married to my father and being the Rebbitson that she was. So I thought that was one of the best things that I heard about her after she had passed. Uh, Rabbi, you had mentioned to me, and boy, according to his Talmudim at the Bialystoker, you've been proven right. You mentioned to me that Rabbi Dr. David Horowitz would be the perfect fit for the Siegel Torah Institute, and so far so good, right, Rabbi? Oh, Hashem, you know... So Rabbi, Rabbi Horowitz is sitting next to me, right. so there's, I'm limited as to what I can say, although we, I guess we could ask him to leave if we really want to talk about him nicely, but I don't know if that applies to the radio. I think you're, you're, you're always always right? we're on the radio, but you should know, in the past number of weeks, I mean, besides the fact that since the inception of the program, people who have been attending have been coming up to me and just singing Rabbi Horowitz's praises, but... Um, you know, among the attendees of the Shi'urim are some very serious Talmidei Chachamim. Uh, people who know their stuff. People who know their stuff. And, and And it ranges, by the way, from people who are serious Talmidei Chacham who, to people who don't necessarily have right. too much of a yeshiva background, Talmudic background, whatever it happens to be. And what's striking is, A, that they all find something in the Shi'urim which speaks to them. They speak about Rabbi Horowitz's clarity. Uh, one of the terms that has come up a lot is polymath. I mean, again, if you know Rabbi Rabbi Horowitz, he's a he's he's not a jack of all trades. He's a master of all trades. He really just knows a tremendous amount about a tremendous number of disciplines, both strictly within the realms of the Dalit Amos Shel Halacha, as well as uh, again man, many other realms. Um, and people appreciate his tremendous friendliness 
and the warmth that he really brings to the shir. And we should thank the people at REITs and Yeshiva University, correct? Absolutely. without their cooperation, this would not be the, happening, the, most likely. I, I should mention specifically Rabbi Menachem Penner, right, right. who's, Penner, been, thank who's you. been wonderful yeah. in terms of uh, you know creating this entire program. And uh, it's really it's a privilege on our behalf to really be working with you know Reeds and Yeshiva University in such a close partnership. The Gemara Shear starts at nine forty-five every Monday through Thursday. Rabbi Horowitz, uh, first of all, good morning. Good morning. Thank you. you very much for being here. Big yeshikah for helping us honor the memory of my parents. Yes. Um, what are we studying in Gemara at this point? So right now we're in the middle of Arve Psachim. Mm. So uh, timely, right? <laughs> and uh, we now actually we gave a number of shirim on uh, Korech. Problems in the Rambam sheet of Akorech. Is he passing like Hillel? Is he not? Is he passing like Rabbana? And it's not. It's not really clear what the Rambam's view is. You know, the Ravid attacks the Rambam very uh, strongly. On anyway, so we 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 got into that. We also um, gave another shiurim on the machlokes between the Rambam and the Baliatosas as to how many matzos are needed. You know, mm. we all know three matzos, right. but that's not the Ramam's view. The Ramam's view is you have one and a half matzos. In other words... That you start the Seder yeah, with one and a half? Yes, you do not have three matzos. The whole three matzos idea is from the Ashkenazi tradition. And you have the Balitosas, you have the Rishonim in Germany. The Rambam says that you don't have the standard Lechem Mishnah on the Pesach night. Lechem Oni, the two ways of saying it. You could say Lechem Oni is Mafgia Lechem Mishnah, or maybe a more moderate way is to say Lechem Oni modifies Lechem Mishnah. Hmm. So therefore you do not have two complete matzos at the Seder. It's only the Baliatosos and the Rishonim and Ashkenaz that say, no, you need a separate entity of two Shlemim, plus the broken matzah. And my father would add, because we were, of course, from the Gra, that the Vilna okay. had two matzahs right, in the Seder. Right, right, right. So, Started uh, the Seder with two matzahs. Right, and because, again, because they feel there is, this, let's put it this way, the standard law of Lechemisha does not apply to Seder night. Right. Remarkable. Wow. And this year, it's Shabbos. Oh. So you would think that they would right. certainly apply. So here, I, I mentioned actually in my shir, the, um, some Gaonim split between... Pesha Shacholios B'Shabbos and other years. Seder. Right, so you would have, there's a very interesting... I Rabbi Ram, I can't stump Rabbi Horowitz, I see. <laughs> as much as I'm trying, it's impossible. It's an okay. answer for everything. <laughs> <laughs> Do your students in the Bialystoker feel that you have an answer for everything? <laughs> well, I can't Do you say. allow them to ask questions? Yes, definitely. Right, no, right, there's a very, very good back and forth, <laughs> and uh, I enjoy that very much. Please let me just take the opportunity sure. to say the warmth that Rabbi Ram and uh, to me, really, the whole shul, a very warm, nurturing environment. I nice appreciate community. that. Very nice. I really appreciate that. You know, you Good really... people here, Baruch Hashem. Uh, once the Gemara Shear ends, it's 1045. Then at 11 o'clock every day, we go more into the halachic aspects. Right. Earlier in the year, obviously, you were doing Yom Meray, and now I assume right. we're doing Pesach. Pesach, correct. What is the specific title of so, the Halacha Shir? So on Monday, we were doing Rambam, straight Rambam, Hilchos Chometzu Matzah. Okay. Then um, on Tuesdays we were doing Aruch Hashulchan to get mm-hmm. some in the you know more the halacha lemaisa from a you know contemporary uh, at least fairly contemporary right. perspective. On Wednesday I gave some shirim on the Haggadah, and on Thursday today we'll do Parshas Hashavua. All right, so Parshas uh, par- Parshas Vayikra this week. Plus we have uh, Parshas Chodesh. Right. And it'll be Rosh Chodesh as well. Big, big Shabbos coming up. Boy, oh boy, this is a big Shabbos and everybody out there.
Uh, I would encourage you, if you're able to fit these shiurim into your schedule, as Rabbi Ram uh, certainly confirmed for us, uh, I wouldn't ask Rabbi Horowitz for confirmation. That wouldn't be appropriate. But Rabbi Ram has uh, certainly confirmed that these shiurim are well worth it, to say the least. A Gemara shir every single day, open to all, starting at 9.45. A shir on halacha, uh, open to all, starting at 11 a.m., as you heard. Uh, sometimes the Mishnaburah, or HaShulchan, Rambam, all included in the Shiurim Monday through Wednesday, and then on Thursday, and by the way, someone may only have time Thursday for Parshavur Shir, so that's an right. opportunity. Thursday, in fact, I heard from someone, in fact, that the Shear often is, is larger at right. 11 o'clock Thursday for that reason. Right. Um, the truth is that's true of the other second Shiurim every day. In other words, the way, the way it's structured is that you know, the Gemara Shear is contiguous, right. so in other words, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, it's one topic. But then each of the second slots, so to speak, the 11 o'clock shiurim, is meant to be a standalone. So if you just want to come, you're, you just want to learn Rambam, you know, you're like a real brisker. Right? You, you come, you, you come uh, Monday at 11 o'clock, you just learn Rambam, and that's it, you know, and you're done at 12 o'clock. You can, you can do that right. if you're so inclined. I should mention for those outside of the neighborhood right. that, um, you know, the Bialystok Shul, thank God, we have four shachris minyonim every morning. Good point. Um, and uh, the last one on a typical morning is at 8.30, concludes... Somewhere between 9.15, 9.30, depending on whether there's laning or not. And, uh, you know, for those who might be coming outside of the neighborhood and want to, you know, Davin Shachar is here as well, and then it goes straight more or less into the first year, that opportunity exists uh, as well. So it's worthwhile yeah. mentioning this that schedule. The, this is the vision we had the first time you brought this up to me, was that in addition to this neighborhood, which, you know, is a solid neighborhood, but, uh, uh, you know, we, we certainly want more and more people to come. Uh, in addition to this neighborhood, uh, it, we're very close to the subway, so if someone's in some other area of Manhattan, even if someone would work somewhere in mm-hmm. Manhattan where they only work in the afternoon, they'd be able to stop by here mm-hmm. in the morning. Um, and plus, of course, retired people who are in Manhattan or in this area, or if someone's in Brooklyn and they want to be a subway car right away, a subway right away, or like you just mentioned, come to the eight thirty minion and just stay till noon. Right. There is coffee available, right? Yes, right. very often, very often there's <laughs> snacks available as oh, well, yes. right? <laughs> you take yeah. good care. There's a lot of hospitality there at the Bialystoker Synagogue. So I wanted to use this occasion of the 10th anniversary of my father's yard site <coughs> to encourage people to spread the word. If you can't make it and be part of this schedule, starting at 9.45 for Shiurim, uh, ending at 12 noon, then recommend it. Recommend it to those retirees that you know in this area. Recommend it to people in Brooklyn or Queens or Manhattan who are a subway ride away from the Bialystoker Shul. Um, it, it, it's really a golden opportunity to include Torah study and Dominion, as Rabbi Ram said, uh, in, uh, in everyone's daily schedule. Uh, information, you could certainly contact me, the Bialystoker Shul, but you really have all the information at this point. It really is a, uh, uh, again, the recommended minion would be the 831, 945, the Shiurim begin with Rabbi Horowitz, and they go until 12 noon, and all the 11 o'clock Shiurim are standalone, and especially Thursday, if you're looking, as so many people do, as we get closer to Shabbos, people, you know, my kids are more inclined to listen to Jewish music toward the end of the week. As Shabbos approaches, <laughs> there are people who want to hear a shir and want to go into the Parsha Shavuah, into the, that week's uh, um, uh, Shabbos, knowing something about Parsha Shavuah. So stop by a Thursday at 11 a.m., including today, and Rabbi Horowitz will be delivering a shir on Parsha Shavuah. All of this in memory of my parents, Rabbi Zev and Rabbi Tanester Siegel. Today's my father's 10th yard site. Cannot thank Rabbi Raman and Rabbi Horowitz enough. Anything else you'd like to add, Rabbi? Just it's a privilege and a ple- pleasure to be here. Thank you for giving us the time. And uh, just on behalf of all of us who knew your father, it's our tefillah that uh, the Neshama Harav Zev 
that Rav Yosef Alevi should have an aliyah Amen. and should continue just being a source of inspiration for all of us, us from everything that the family is doing and that our community is doing. Amen. And Rabbi Harvey, strength Thank you so much. Going. Thank you. It's a, really an honor and a privilege to be part of this uh, wonderful project with Zeich Nishmas uh, parents. Appreciate that very much. And, you know, this started in September, and you wonder, I wonder what's going to be in March, you know, when we're down the road. And thank God it's going so strong. And it has the potential to get even bigger and bigger. So Thank big you. Yeshikal, you should continue to have the strength to, to, to do this on a daily basis. A uh, big thank you to Rabbi Tzvi Ram, Rabbi Dr. David Horowitz, the Siegel Torah Institute at the Bialystoker Shul, Monday through Thursday mornings. Any details, contact me or Rabbi Ram. We'll be more than happy to give you all the details and have you join in any Monday through Thursday morning. 8.33 in the morning, 27 minutes before 9 o'clock, you're listening to JM in the AM. Uh-huh.